When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look out, something is going to get you tonight. Let's talk about the thing that's going to get you tonight. Welcome to the Happy Harvest Horror Show. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. I am Corey. And I'm Brian, and this is the Happy Harvest Horror Show, your weekly destination for all things uh, creepy and spooky and scary and... Oh, man, I thought I was going to have something fun and witty, but... (laughs) (laughs) All things uh, spooky, joyous, and fun. Corey, how spooky has your week been? Oh, um, a lot of the spookiness for my week has been in preparation for this episode, which we'll get to. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, um, I did, so I did, uh, research, I did, I did lots of spooky research this week because I researched for the Halloween episode of my other podcast, the art Mm -hmm. history babes. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of spooky content over there. We're all big fans of Halloween season. So we like to do Halloween related art things for Mm -hmm. the season. So I did my research for our next episode that we're recording this week on uh, Victorian era death portraiture. Mm, Wow. Yeah. (laughs) I love how specific the topics are. Um, (laughs) And also so much to talk about. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. I, I mean, I had such a great time researching this i really did and so i'm really excited for that episode um so yeah anyone who thinks that might be interesting uh art history babes you can you can kind of keep an eye out over there Mm -hmm. so i got deep into research about victorian era death portraiture which is just such a weird kind of trippy interesting thing and then i also related to that ended up watching uh the others which is one of my favorite spooky movies i love that movie and i just i thought of it while doing the research because i actually think my first encounter with uh victorian era death portraiture was the others the early early 2000s nicole kidman film um so yeah i had like a little night where i where i watched that and i guess i actually had a very spooky nicole kidman related week because i also watched practical magic this week oh yes isn't it on netflix now is it where is it Hulu. it's on Hulu. hulu okay yeah i gotta put that on my list so good so cozy and fun and Oh, such a such a good one. Such a good movie. Mm-hmm. We're getting into that spooky season where we're getting more titles coming through Hulu and Netflix and Shudder. Shudder's doing a 61 days of Halloween. Um, <laughs> I love that. Hell yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah, 61 of them. Let's do it. <laughs> 31 was never enough. I've always said it. <laughs> 61 is closer to the mark of what I'm looking for. How spooky was your week, Brian? Um. It was pretty spooky. Uh, a lot of the same, a lot of preparation for today, which was really fun, just going back and watching stuff. I did, and a, a shout out to our pumpkin spice episode a couple episodes ago. We made it to Trader Joe's for all the pumpkin stuff to stock up, and we got some good stuff. We got some pumpkin. They're called Petite Pumpkin Cookies, and Jesus, they're so fucking good. That sounds delicious. Um, oh my gosh. The, the the serving size is four, but I don't know how you don't eat the whole box. Um, <laughs> I did look for the pumpkin spiced pumpkin seeds, but they, I don't know if they've been discontinued or they just weren't there, but they weren't there. And that hurt. It's pretty brutal. <laughs> I had to commiserate with, a, <laughs> with the uh, cash register clerk. We both mourned the loss of that. But I did find... Uh, this year, I don't know if they've always had this, but oat milk has been a huge craze lately, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. for good reason. It's delicious. And they have maple oat milk now, Ooh. which in your coffee in the morning is 
fucking heaven. It's oh, so yeah, good. That sounds great. So that's that's uh, outside of like scary stuff or just spooky stuff. That's been great. Loving my maple oat milk and pumpkin spice tortilla chips, too. Doesn't sound like it would work. Wow. Very tasty. That's fun. Do you eat those with like guac? Like, does that work? I have yet to dip them in anything. They're just pumpkin spice, you know, tortillas. (laughs) Just (laughs) I just eat as is. I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued by that. There was also some tortilla chips that were just like fall leaf shaped. I don't know if there was any flavor <laughs> difference. I love that. <laughs> girlfriend like drew the line on that. We are, <laughs> like, no, we are we not getting leaf shaped chips. <laughs> chips. I had a hard time understanding why not. But we also, I mean, this was a few weeks ago. Um, so it wasn't this week, but we were in a couple of stores looking for some embroidery stuff for her. And so we went to like Michael's and their Halloween fall time selections there are incredible. If you're looking for just like fall home decor, I don't know why I've just never thought about duh, Michael's and um, Home Depot, but you can just buy stalks of corn there. You can buy just barrels of hay. So, you know, as we all get closer to just turning in our apartments into a, a literal pumpkin patch, they're there to help us out. This is a total offshoot. That reminds me of a post I saw a couple years ago. Someone did basically like a professional level photo shoot inside like a craft store, like inside like a Michaels. And they Amazing. did all these like really great portraits amongst the, you know how craft stores always have like the fake flower section. Mm-hmm. They used that. They, they, w- they just got like super creative and used the space to create like professional level photos that you never would have been like, oh, this was shot in a craft department store. Right. Yeah, it was it was really cool. I wish I remembered the photographer. I wonder, you might be able to just Google it and find it. It, it was something I saw on social media. So I, I know it kind of went viral. It's hard to find that stuff going back, though. You're like, I saw it on Twitter. How are you going to find it again? I have no idea. Um, it's, but- it's like a crapshoot. I feel like with viral social media stuff, sometimes it's really easy. Sometimes I'll just put in what it was in Google and it's like, there it is. Cause mm-hmm. it just, it just went viral enough. And then sometimes it's like, yeah, I will spend way too much time <laughs> looking for this thing I saw in 2015. Like, yeah. and it's just gone forever. You know? It's hard to just finding something from that earlier that afternoon where you're going yeah, through and yeah. you're like, I think it was before this. Nope. Because I saw this post before that. And you're like making a mental timeline of your feed of where nope. exists. Yeah. Oh, man. Internet age. But uh, that was, uh, uh, other than that, it really was the prep work for this episode. That was the majority of my spooky content consumed this week. Yes, yes. So should we, do you have anything else or should we transition to the fun topic of today? Yeah, let's, uh, let's transition into, what are we talking about? We're talking about our favorite vampires. Vampires! Vampires Yay! is a big subject, and we were like, let's talk about vampires. And then we sidebarred and go, went, you know, do we talk about Bram Stoker's Dracula starting, or do we go with Nosferatu, or we just talk about the essence of vampires? And then we're like, let's, let's pump the brakes and just talk about <laughs> our favorite vampires, and maybe we'll circle back around. <laughs> Okay, pop the brakes here. <laughs> break. I need yeah. to slow down. Put my hand on your chest and ask you to step on back. <laughs> there really is so much to cover in terms of, yeah, vampire lore, vampire myth. I even came across a encyclopedia of vampire mythology today. So, like, there's... There's just so many interesting directions you can go with vampires. So today's episode is going to be kind of a little countdown of our favorite vampires. Hell yeah. Talking about, um, yeah, vampires in books, movies, TV, and uh, those that are particularly dear to our hearts. And I'm sure we'll circle back and do a little more history on all those topics we just listed off because we're a spooky podcast and that's some spooky stuff. Yeah, 100%, 100%. But yeah, today, five favorite vamps. Yes. Do you want to start us off? Actually, I'm going to I'm going to have you start us off with your number oh, 5 because no. I'm going to yes, because my number 5 is going to be controversial and I know it is. And so I want to let's start it off okay. with you. <laughs> I will I'll, I'll specify that these are not my, I know we're going five, four, three, two, one, but I don't not have a favorite vampire. You know, I have, this is just five of my favorites in no specific order. 
Also, to kind of piggyback off that, the concept was each of us pick our top five favorite vampires, right? This proves to be difficult. For me, I, I do have a list of top five, but it ended up being... Um, I had to kind of get creative because honestly, for me, if I'm being fully honest, all of my favorite vampires, all of my top five favorite would come from the same franchise. <laughs> yeah, so, I think I have that in my list, too, of like, <laughs> these are various versions of the same vampire, you know? Yeah. So I had to kind of I had to look outside of my favorite vampire franchise, which we will get to, to create my list. And then I know, Brian, you mentioned yours is not necessarily in a top five order. So keep that in mind. Exactly. Okay. So I'll start us off. I'll start start us off with something fun, I think, because I think you also agree with this. I'm going to go with from the TV show of what we do in the shadows. I specifically love Laszlo so much. Good choice. Um, I love the whole gang. It was really, you know, killing your darlings, picking one. But Laszlo slash the one episode of Jackie Daytona. Jackie Daytona (laughs) is such a good episode. Good. If, it's if so good. Any listeners out there love the original Taika Waititi movie, and uh, uh, why wouldn't you? It's an amazing movie, and are hesitant to go into the TV show. I'm here to say, please don't be. The show yeah. is incredible. It's hilarious. The new characters are, you know, if not equal, sometimes better than I think than the movies because they're just, you know, spend more time with them, and they're so funny. And Laszlo, he's uh, played by Matt Barry. And there's one episode he is hiding from another vampire hunting him down to pay off a debt. And he hides out by buying a bar. And where was the bar? Oh, my God. Where was it? It was in... I want to say like Oklahoma or something. Um, it was it, it was still like East Coast, but it was more like rural oh, East Coast. Okay, but he buys this buys this basically the sports bar and becomes like the this number one fan for the local local women's volleyball team for the high school volleyball <laughs> team. And his whole disguise, other than just being called Jackie Daytona, is he just puts a toothpick in his mouth, and then suddenly he's. <laughs> No one can tell that he's actually Laszlo. It's just, it's so dumb. It's so funny though. I think it's, it's so well done though. Just the, um, the, the nuance of the character and, and kind of playing off this, um, I don't know. It's kind of like a nineties vibe of like mm-hmm. the storyline of like, you know, the the girls volleyball team can't afford to go to state. And like, it's just, it's so, so... Laszlo's, this big benefactor really pulling for him and rooting for him while on the run. And it's yeah. so separated from the rest of the story in the, the plot of the seasons. It's just this one episode, he's on the run. And it just takes a, a whole it takes uh, a crazy turn. It, honestly, like in the in the entire series, it's a it's very much a one off episode, but it's brilliant. And also, uh, the classic uh, big mouth Billy Bass makes a, oh my an appearance God. in that episode. So funny, so funny, unexpected appearance. But no, I totally agree. It's one of my favorite episodes of the show. And what you're saying about anyone who may be hesitant about the show. I think it just keeps getting better. Like I loved season one, season two, just like they keep finding new ways to twist tropes on its head or bring in new things that you didn't think about. Mm-hmm. Like they introduce one of the characters is uh, what they call an energy vampire, which just he'll, he drains the life from you by boring you to death. <laughs> and it's so it just things like that is so funny. Since you brought it up. <laughs> Is that your number five? It's my number four, actually. So I'm going to skip around a little bit. But my number four is Colin Robinson, <laughs> Energy Vampire. <laughs> yes. Yes, I love it. Because I adore the movie, too. And just endure the enti- adore the entire franchise. Another shout out to Art History Babes. Uh, Ginny and I actually did a Hot Takes episode all about what we do in the shadows. Because we're both obsessed with the franchise. And two, there's actually a ton of art historical references in it, in the movie and in the show. So we did an episode all about what we do in the shadows where we we talk a lot about the art historical references, which was really fun. Mm -hmm. So 
If you're a fan, you can also check that out. I'll probably tag it below in the show notes for you. But when the show came out, you know, I was super stoked because I loved the movie. And the first, yeah, the first episode when they introduced Colin Robinson as the fucking energy vampire, I like died. I thought that was the most clever thing. Such a fun take, a way to transform something that's very contemporary. Like we use, we talk about that all the time. We talk about energy vampires all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Like in mm-hmm. contemporary conversation and to create a character that actually like lives with vampires, like is a form of vampire but is very different from his like immortal counterparts oh my god so good (laughs) oh oh, it's and it's just heightened by the fact that the rest of his roommates his roommates are just three other vampires they just can't stand him god because he's so Mm -hmm. boring that they just try to plan everything around him try to avoid him at all costs because it drains them too it's so funny yeah it's just so good and a little more detail on colin robinson if you're unfamiliar he's an energy vampire but he's also so um, what's the actor's name? He was in The Office. He's been in a lot of stuff. He also is just like he works in an office. He is a very he's just like such an average looking guy, whereas the rest of the vampires in the series are your typical vampires. Like they've been around for centuries. They They're have, still wearing Victorian clothing. Exactly. Still, yeah. And but Colin Robinson, you know, wears like khakis and he's like balding and has glasses and works in an office and is just like a really average dude. And yeah the dynamic it's just it's flawless it's so good i love him he's such an amazing addition to just the vampire like lexicon honestly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so that was my number four should i should i go back and go to my number five now yeah do you number five and then i'll go to my quote unquote four yeah Okay, so I'm gonna get I'm gonna get controversial here. I, I'm so excited <laughs> because I just I have to I have to give love I have to give love to this franchise. I couldn't really decide which character I wanted to be in the spot, so I'm gonna talk about a few of them. Uh-huh. But I know a lot of a lot of people love to hate, but I'm gonna love on Twilight. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Um, I got to do it. I mean, I was like, you know, I was never a twy hard or anything, but I was I was like 18, 19 when the books were really big. And so I read them and I really enjoyed them. And then the movies kind of started to come out. And I remember the first movie came out and like me and my college friends went to the you know premiere. And and then as the movies were coming out, I kind of lost interest, but also that was also a period of time where it like started like obviously twilight blew up but then it also at the same time became like cool to not like twilight like hipster bullshit there's definitely a lot of that yeah exactly and i went that direction too i definitely was someone who really enjoyed it and then i was like oh i can't believe i ever liked that and now there's like a twilight resurgence and i am fucking here for it and i feel like and looking back now looking at the whole twilight craziness Mm is just it's just another example of society liking to shit all over things that young girls love 100 percent. yeah yeah and and i'm over that i'm over that so not saying you you know obviously you can critique twilight i can definitely be critical of it and you don't you don't have to love it but i am i am on team twilight just for the the fact that i think it's stupid to just hate on things because yeah, because young girls love it. Like that's it's shitty, and I'm over totally. it. Totally. <laughs> I hope we get past the point of even using the words like guilty pleasure. Of like, yes, yes, you like it. You like it. Like you, you don't feel bad about it. Don't let other people bring you down because you like something. Yes, completely. One of my all time favorite quotes is by Dave Grohl, who I adore. I have so much love for Dave Grohl, and he had this quote years ago where he talks a lot. You know, he was the drummer for Nirvana, so like he was very 
very a uh, part of like the you know the grunge punk scene where it was like only cool to like certain things or whatever right and he had this quote from a decade or so back where he's like talking about he's like i know what that feels like to really be in in the, the middle of it and um and feel like you can't like certain things because it's not cool and then he says something i'm paraphrasing but it's something along the lines of like not believing in guilty pleasures like if you fucking like toxic by britney spears then like toxic by britney spears oh yeah and and i just love that because i think dave Grohl is just a baller of a human being yeah just fucking like what you like man like do not let anyone make you feel bad for liking what you like as someone who has let myself feel really bad about liking things throughout the course of my life that people thought were stupid don't do it just fucking like what you like including twilight <laughs> including twilight i yeah i'll agree with you in a, in uh parts you know i'm not gonna fair, say that i'm a huge fair. twilight fan i think there's parts <laughs> there's like some characters in there that i think like carlisle i think is a really interesting character oh interesting interesting which I, I'm, I'm a little more knowledge about it because my girlfriend's been listening to this really, really fun, actually, podcast called Hot and Bothered Twilight in Quarantine, where these uh, women I go love through. It. I'm going to listen to that immediately. You have to. It's, it's really fun where they just go back and they kind of do like a, a chapter by chapter recap of the Twilight books. And they've been doing this throughout the whole quarantine. And so just like listening off of that it's I've been reminded like oh yeah there was some fun stuff there's also a lot of problematic stuff but there is yeah, some totally. really fun stuff i remember reading the first book in high school just to see and i was like this was actually pretty fun and then i read new moon and thought it was the worst thing i've ever read but that's me you know <laughs> so yeah no shame at all for for digging twilight i think there's some really fun stuff and it made vampires popular maybe not in ways that you know typical horror fans liked you know but yeah yeah uh, it, it, rising tide lifts all ships and we're all spooky come on guys exactly it was at the forefront of popular culture and um i dig that and yeah no i can i can definitely be critical of aspects of it as well there's definitely nothing wrong with that but um hating on people for enjoying it is uh stupid so don't do real it. dumb <laughs> um yes yeah, so i was trying to decide who I wanted to choose and I kind of ended up with a mix. Obviously, I think one of the favorite characters just because she is kind of the, the the spunkiest, the brightest, and just generally lovable. People really love Alice. Alice Cullen is a very sprightly, lovable vampire. Mm-hmm. Myself included. I, I did o- always really enjoy her character. And then also I have to, and I like, even though it's like such a love-hate relationship, but I always was Team Edward. I really was. And I fucking love Robert Pattinson, just like oh, yeah. as a human. Still like, do. Oh, lo- oh love him. I love him so much. <laughs> <laughs> and this goes back to the Twilight hate thing. So I was on... This website today, which I also wanted to give a shout out to, Vampedia, vampires.fandom.com. Mm-hmm. That is a really just fun compilation of vampire stuff, vampire mythology, all sorts of vampires in movies, vampires in books. It's it's a fun website. And they also had just videos. And they had one of those like top 10 vampires in movie videos. And it was like one of those like mojo videos, which every time I watch those, I'm always mad I did. So like, <laughs> instant regret (laughs) yeah i'm never happy i'm never like yeah i agree with all this but anyways i watched it and they did a top 10 vampires in movies and then they did a bunch of honorable mentions and then they did one dishonorable mention and it was (laughs) edward cullen and i instantly was like fuck you so (laughs) i have to give mad love to edward cullen even though he's kind of a shit sometimes but i i was i was team edward i I, I fell I fell for the whole thing. Like I get it, Bella. I get it. Um he's he's Robert Pattinson, so he's yep. very attractive. He's smart and he's worldly and he's considerate as hell. And like I get it. I get it. So Edward Cullen. And then I also wanted to give just the tiniest shout out because I feel like it's just just for the sake of absurdity, I wanted to give a little shout out to Emmett Cullen. Because I feel like the bro vampire is not a character type we see very often. (laughs) Yeah, bro vamps. Come on. He's just like a goofy little character. He's such a bro. And I have love for him. Every time he shows up in the movies, I always 
get a chuckle. So, um, so yeah, that's just my, my, uh, twilight appreciation moment. Nice. Okay. So that's your, that's your five and four. Yeah. Five and four. We've got twilight love and then Colin Robinson. Mm -hmm. Where are you at with number four? Okay. So number four, I'm going to go with, Jerry from Fright Night. Have you ever seen Ooh, Fright Night? I watched it last night. Which one? The the 80s one or the... Yes. Oh my gosh. It's so fun. I love that movie so much. Just like this coming of age kind of story of a vampire next door and you're a kid mm-hmm. and no one believes what you're saying that there's a vampire next door. And Jerry is the vampire next door and he's this very attractive middle-aged man played by Chris Sarandon in the original one. And I said Jerry and not jerry from this one because there's also a remake um in 2011 where colin farrell played jerry and i think both take it from different directions and both are very fun characters so yeah i just watched fright night last night for the first time i i really enjoyed it i had fun with it like i can only take so much 80s in like one sitting and it's very 80s so 80s so i'd be really interested to see Colin Farrell in that role. That's oh, yeah. intriguing. It's in the, the 2011. We watched it just the other night as well. And that version, Colin Farrell's Jerry and oh, Anton uh, Yelchin is his name. Oh, yeah. He passed a few years ago. Really sad. Yes, he, yes. Played, he was in Star Trek. He was in Star Trek. Yep. He was the uh, the kid in the new Fright Night. Oh, um, and they fun. took it from a really fun, different direction. If anyone's unfamiliar with Fright Night, Vampire Next Door. So he recruits a television horror show host, late night show host called Peter Vincent, who moonlights as this vampire hunter every night. And he leads through these these horror movies. And so he's like, this guy will believe him. And he comes and it becomes like his own Fright Night special of helping this kid with the, the vampires. And in this new one, the 2011 one, Peter Vincent's played by David Tennant. Um, and he's Ooh. a Las Vegas, like a David Blaine personality, oh vampire God, hunter. Oh, this it's so, it's so <laughs> fun. I think both these movies are so fun. I did notice in the 2011 one that the script and the dialogue, even though it's less than 10 years ago, it's very dated. A lot of yeah. jokes that I'm like, ooh, ouch. Um, but I just think the premise is so fun. But Jerry, I think, is is epitome of what we look for in fun vampires very sexy very commanding and uh da- scary too when he like yeah. the makeup effects in fright night are very scary when they t- get on there like they're not just little fangs that pops out his whole like grin opens up and oh, he gets yeah, like yeah. hundreds of teeth it's it's really scary yeah, that that was one thing because they do that with other vampires in the 80s version too where they just like have immense amounts of teeth oh, yeah. and it is a very uncomfortable <laughs> very uncomfortable um, like not not chill at all i i always remember too the scene <laughs> when the disco uh yes, where his girlfriend scene, yes. he's trying to get his girlfriend away from the vampire and she they're just doing like to this beat in the the 80s disco dance scene and they're just it's all like dirty dancing and he's a vampire and 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 she just can't resist his charm 80s all over the place so fun love that movie fright night i actually had him in my honorable mentions and my opinion of that character uh like i said i've only seen the 80s version is kind of a just a mysterious 1980s yuppie like yeah. <laughs> you have yeah. a lot of these very 1980s like yuppie character characteristics and then but then there's a little bit of mystery and then he's a vampire <laughs> <laughs> and if that wasn't enough oh man no that's yeah that's a good one so that's my number four jerry from fright night okay my number three marceline the vampire queen i had a feeling you would go adventure time uh, yes definitely I should also say my top three are fairly interchangeable, too. I love them all so much. But yeah, Marceline the Vampire Queen. I just have such, such deep love for Adventure Time, everything about it. And Mm -hmm. Marceline is just such a badass character. Like she, even in the earlier seasons, like one thing that's great about Adventure Time as a series is I think, you know, by the end of 
it's just a really progressive series. You know, by the end of it, we we had representation. There was lots of queer undertones, like sapphic mm-hmm. undertones, like great, great things. Um, but from the beginning, Marceline is just, you know, she's this badass, like a thousand year old vampire queen. She plays guitar. She's kind of that like rebel that like playful rebel vibe, right? Yeah. Like, I think it's the first episode that she shows up in season one where she just steals Finn and Jake's house. <laughs> <laughs> the whole house. <laughs> She's just like, this is mine now. And like Finn and Jake are like, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> but by the end of the episode, she's like, you know, like, I like you guys. And she becomes like a very good friend, like close friend in their circle. And Adventure Time is an undeniably trippy show and weird show. Mm-hmm. But she's definitely one of the spookiest characters. Definitely. Being a vampire queen, like she 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 brings the spooky to the show for sure. And she's just got the two like little uh, bite marks on her neck always. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also like badass. Like it's almost like it's a tattoo, you know? Yeah, I just love her. I love her. Marceline, number three. My number three, I think I'm also going to go young adult, is uh, from the Graveyard book, which you're reading, uh, Silas. Oh, nice. Yeah, I Silas is that if anyone has not read the Graveyard book, first of all, recommend because neil gaiman uh, rarely can do anything wrong i love him so much he's great he's great the the synopsis of the graveyard book is a young boy what's his name i forget bottom no no it's bod nobody bod. Short that's for nobody. It. exactly that's what it is i think bottom bod <laughs> <laughs> that'd be good too though <laughs> yeah. um <laughs> midsummer on the brain bod uh his guardian is this mysterious figure named silas that i don't think in the book they ever directly say that he is a vampire but they make a lot of mentions throughout the story of like he he's always gone by the time the sun comes up there's this really dance macabre moment in the book where all the dead are kind of going on this parade and he is not allowed to join them because he explains that I'm neither dead nor living. So I'm not welcome amongst really either. And there's another mention that Bod has said he's only witnessed Silas eat one type of food and he doesn't say what it is. There's all these clues that really point to Silas as a vampire. But whenever I think of the graveyard book, I think of him. I think of that. He's this really sad very lonely figure, but he's very stoic at the same time. He's not giving off the sadness. You just kind of can feel it by his presence. All great vampires are. They are. They've got a stoicism about them. But there's also like this really, he's a very lonely man, you know, that that has seen some sort of purpose in being this caretaker for Bod, this boy growing up in a graveyard. Oh God, I just love him. I love him. I want to reread the book right now because not thinking about him. I am. Rereading the book right now. <laughs> it's great. It's, it is really great. And so, yeah, I uh, sending a lot of love and appreciation and number three awards to Silence <laughs> from the Graveyard book. I love it. I love it. No, it's a great choice. All right, number two. Oh, God, I'm so excited about this one. Let's hear it. Akasha from Queen of the Damned. Oh. Played by... Just absolute goddess. Rest easy. Love you always, Aaliyah. Hell yeah. Uh, What a power character. Mm -hmm. What a great... What a great character. What a great movie. It's such early 2000s goth vibe, which like, oh, that like really is big to my soul because I was like early 2000s I was in middle school and I definitely rocked the like goth rock middle schooler look Mm -hmm. for uh, all of seventh and eighth grade so (laughs) the soundtrack is fire the entire vibe basically the entire vibe of the movie like multiple scenes that take place in like bars and at like at shows because one of the main characters is a musician so there there are multiple scenes that take place in underground like party atmospheres and the movie came out in 2002 so it's just this like dark gothic party vibe from 2002 and i was like a little like 12 13 year old and it was all i wanted in the world like all i wanted was to be able to go to these cool rock shows and like 
go to these dark bars where everyone's wearing like black lipstick and like yes <laughs> and so like the whole vibe is just really it just speaks to my soul but obviously Aaliyah just such a such a moment like Aaliyah and Queen of the Damned is just such a moment like that's the best way I can describe it and she is such a powerful character not trying to spoil anything for anyone but they end up killing her off at the end which I think was bullshit she's just like such she's everything about that movie like everything it's literally called Queen of the Damned like it's all about her I can't believe that that it's 2002. That feels so late in what my my timeline in my head because I feel like in high school and middle school it was always on TV. It was all yeah, over yeah. Sci-Fi <laughs> Channel. It was all so like I feel like 2002. It must have been. It must have just came out like the year before. It was completely saturated over so much TV. Mm-hmm. That was a bigger thing though. You know, back before streaming things was huge, movies would come out and then very quickly they'd be on TV, yeah. you know, like it was, cause that was kind of how we consumed a lot of movies. I feel like it's, during yeah, that time frame. Yeah. So yeah, I, it's just, you know, it's hard to remember back then timelines, but yeah, that is definitely a bold choice. And I love it. I love that she's made the list. Yes. I was, I actually like, I didn't think about her at first because I haven't seen the movie in a while. I actually, it was a few years back the last time I rewatched it. And I was just kind of going off of some of the movies I've been watching the past few days. And, and then also on our Instagram, I ran a, who's everyone's favorite vampire. And so I was thinking about a lot of the characters that people mentioned. And then it was really, it was like a cosmic moment. It popped into my head like an hour before we recorded. And I was like, fuck yes, Akasha. So she's my number two also could be number one. Like they're all kind of badass vampire ladies is the top of my list for sure. You love to hear it. I also, it took me, it was later in life when I realized that Anne Rice also wrote that book too. Um, that I, I never read the books of Interview with a Vampire and these Vampire Chronicles. So I never realized that that was also Anne Rice. Yeah. The only reason I put it together is because in Queen of the Damned, their Lestat is oh, right. in Queen of the Damned. And Lestat is also in Interview with And it took until right now for me to make that connection. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> we're all catching up here. Yeah, I need to. I have. I honestly don't think I've read any of Anne Rice's novels, though. Like, I'm very familiar. I know the movies, but I don't think I've ever read an Anne Rice vampire novel. So I got to do that, I think. I think I have to, too. Homework. Yes, yes, yes. Maybe a future Anne Rice vampire novel episode. Who knows? Let's see. Give me a little time to catch up. I'm still, yeah. <laughs> especially yeah, fair, reading, fair. I'm still making my way through the little sidebar. I'm still making my way through that, um, the Living Dead book, that tome that I said I was working through a few episodes back. It's like mm-hmm. 650 pages of just the apocalypse. And it's it's tough. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a lot. Technically, speaking of big books, I'm working my way through. I'm so close to being done. I need to just sit down and do it i have been consistently on and off for the past year i've been reading helter skelter (laughs) casual helter skelter (laughs) just casual i'm so close but it's like 800 pages long it is a long ass book Mm -hmm. and i yeah i need to just i need to just power through i need to get through the rest of that the manson family chronicles you have to (laughs) you have to we're all depending on you to get through it (laughs) Our hopes and dreams fly with you. (laughs) All right. What's your number two, Brian? My number two is Ellie from Let the Right One In. I haven't seen it. So please enlighten me. Let the Right One In is so good. It's this this young, another young coming of age story. Can you tell that I um, am a boy? Um, (laughs) Loves young (laughs) coming of age boy stories. I am a boy. (laughs) Um, Fortunately for me, most of Hollywood is that. And unfortunately for everyone else. And so we got to change that. I am a, I'm a, a young boy in a cupboard. <laughs> a young boy in a cupboard. And for some reason, every more story is about me. And <laughs> come and on. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, and I like the right one in a uh, story of this young boy, Oscar, lives in this. The, the, the movie, the original movie was in Sweden and then made a remake called Let Me In, an American remake. And he befriends this young girl, Ellie, who he learns in later in the story is a vampire. And Ellie has a helper, an old man that basically looks after her. And they they form a sort of 
close friendship, maybe a little romantic first love sort of story. But she also helps him deal with bullies in a really, I don't want to spoil, but in a pretty baller way. Um, <laughs> like a vampire, like, perhaps? Like, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's brutal. Um, but I, it's, such a, it's such a tender story. I've never read the book. I heard the book um, is a little even more risque, if it's the word you want to use. I just thought, I think the story is so great. I even love the American Let Me In. I know it's not as good as Let the Right One In, but you got Richard Jenkins plays her helper in the story, which we learn in the story. I don't want to spoil if you haven't seen. So spoilers right here for the next 30 seconds. He is basically been her helper for all those years since she was a little. And so Oscar becoming her friend might just be like becoming the new, you know, everlasting friend mm-hmm. for her because um, mm-hmm. she's immortal. It's so good. As as vampires are. As vampires are. Um, <laughs> and man, that sucks. Especially shout out to Anne Rice in Interview with a Vampire. Becoming a vampire as a 10-year-old is not okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, once again, my list of honorable mentions, I had Claudia on there. Yeah. From Interview with a Vampire. Uh, Kirsten Dunst. Mm-hmm. Young Kirsten Dunst. Mm-hmm. I love that character. I mean, she does an amazing job with it being such a young actress, but I just, I really have a lot of love for Claudia, which makes me also love Louie in that movie because Mm -hmm. like I kind of relate to Louie, like he just has, you know, loves her so dearly and cares for her so much. And, and I get it because she is like a lot to handle, but she's a child and she's like an eternal child. And so when you think about an eternal child with that much power, like she requires that much more patience too, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that much more love, which like Louie does a, a really beautiful job of giving her in that film. But yeah, I do. I have, I have a lot of love for that character. Um, but yeah, it's also, it's also fucked up, man. Like it's Very also fucked just up. like yeah. really fucked up because also, you know, we're not, we won't go too deep into it, but like this is something we'll probably talk about more when we do an episode that goes deeper into like the archetype of the vampire and the myth of the vampire. Mm-hmm. But like over time, the vampire, there's something inherently sexual about vampires, like inherently. Because there's a seductive, uh, just there's something seductive exactly. about being a vampire, right? There's something seductive exactly. about living forever and having no consequences in a way. Yeah, there's something inherently seductive, inherently sexy, and then just the way it's portrayed, that just the moment of, of biting someone's neck, it's always sexualized. It's always this complicated moment, right? That's yeah. like, yeah, that's very seductive. That's very sexual. That's also like, oh, shit. And yeah, to bring a child into the mix, that's, you know, fucked up in all sorts of ways. Yeah. And I've heard the book goes into that a little bit, too, of Let the Right Went In. Um, I again, haven't read the book, but I've heard it gets a little, um, uh-oh. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> A little uh-oh. uh-oh. Uh, but I, I do. I do love the story. And I even, this is, I'm not even talking about the story of the plot. I just love the title, Let the Right One In. Because I think we're talking about vampires. That's my favorite piece of lore or vampire rules is that you can't, they cannot come into your home unless you invite them. Yeah. Let yeah, the right one in. Good one. I think, yeah, that's the one. So whenever it comes to, to vamps, I feel like that is the one, I'm going to look for that in the movie. Are they coming in? Are they asking for permission? You know? Also bringing it back to what we do in the shadows, the episode where they go to the superb owl party, the Super Bowl Super party. Bowl. Super <laughs> <laughs> and they like won't go in the house until they're like very, you know, they're explicitly. like, come in. <laughs> yeah, explicitly <laughs> asked to come in. <laughs> it's so good. Oh man, I love it. Okay, so that's my number two. Did you say your, your, your number two was akasha right yep number two is akasha my number one i mean we've talked about it a lot already technically probably every everyone in the what we do in the shadows franchise would be my number one yeah but my number one is Naja because <sighs> she's my hero yes. <laughs> i love her i love her so much so i good. also yeah like everything about that character she is just she's fun she's sexy she is independent she's such a good character such a good vampire she's kind of like dealing with like all the stupid bullshit that the guys get into a lot of the time also she's got in the newest season her little nausea doll 
the ghost oh version. I was actually going to ask you when you said Nadja, is it is it her, the doll version of her? <laughs> the doll the doll is so great um that reminds me of the scene where colin robinson is trying to drain nausea of her energy and so he he tries to kiss her and he's like explains the unwanted kiss is like a huge energy drain because it's such an awkward Mm -hmm. situation um and so he's just trying to drain her and then it goes to the next scene and he tries to kiss the (laughs) nausea doll and he's like that was actually that one hurt like that <laughs> like that he was legitimately trying to like make a pass on the little nausea ghost doll <laughs> oh my god if it hasn't been clear in this episode we highly endorse what we do in the shadows oh my god i love it so much it's really it's really absurd it's how so much funny. <laughs> oh my god I, there, there are a few shows that i consistently every episode will laugh out loud at right it's just you know and I oh. watched them multiple times and I still laugh. Yep. I was watching it earlier today and I was laughing. Like it's so, so good. good. So good. It's so good. And if you haven't, if you haven't seen the movie, if you haven't seen the show, you have such a treat awaiting you. You have so much good. So much <laughs> so good much ahead. Good. <laughs> I'm crying thinking about it. <laughs> so much love for Naja. She really is is an idol of mine, but I really, really do adore all of the characters from both the show and the movie, like every single one of them are wonderful. So check it out if you, if you haven't. Yeah, that's my number one. Who's your number one? Okay. So for my number one, it's okay. It's not controversial. It's not even surprising. <laughs> it's just Dracula, you know, like <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I feel like right before we got here, I was like, I really should put Dracula higher because if you guys were waiting for a number one to be some real like hot take, <laughs> it's not. It's Dracula. Um, <laughs> oh, that's perfect. That's amazing. <laughs> but I love it so much. I I mean, ever since I first read the book, and I try to go back and read the books every uh, the book every few years. I love it so much. I think it's so scary. I think it is. Um, there's a reason why it's one of the best horror novels ever. One of the best novels ever. I think he is a character. It's, oh my God, just everything. He is uh, mysterious. He's, you know, when he comes to get Mina and is, is sexy, he's all these things. And then the all, and not only that, we're getting um, just a, an embarrassment of wealth of people that have given their own interpretation on top of it. You know, so we have, we have in the universal monster movies, we have Bella Lugosi, which I love. I love his Dracula. I know, which just kind of surprised me. I feel like there's this feeling that Dracula is, is a little boring, not the great greatest interpretation of it. But whenever I think of Dracula, I see Bela Lugosi in my head. I, I also love Christopher Lee's Dracula from the Hammer films. I love Gary Oldman's Dracula, even though that movie I kind of go back and forth on. Some days I, I'm really all in on the uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula with Gary Oldman and you have Keanu Reeves as Harker and it's it, some days I'm all in. I'm like, this is so ridiculous. I'm here for it. And then some days it's way too much. I can't, but I think he does some really cool things in that. And, and all these different versions pull out different, really cool things about Dracula, you know, mm-hmm. and then I feel like, like when I think about the, the book Dracula, I don't usually think about, you know, him, you know, in a cape and, and sucking someone's blood. I think like scarier stuff. I think of like when Harker is trapped in the clot in the in the castle, and he looks out his window and sees just the old Dracula version of him just crawling along the castle wall, and like what? That fucked me up, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm alone in a castle, and I look out my window, and my host is just climbing along the wall. No thanks. Nope. Um, I think. <laughs> I think the section of the book where Dracula is on the ship Demeter coming over to London is, so, it, I mean, if it's the reason why we love the thing. Um, it's just a, a tale of paranoia, right? That, that one by one, the shipmates are being picked apart and no one knows why. And it, we know the reader, it's Dracula, but, and it ends with this image of the, it's only the captain left and he's got to steer the ship in. So he ties himself to the steering wheel to get in. There's just so much imagery in Dracula that mm-hmm. I feel like is peak horror. And so, yeah. And not even just that, you get the, the knockoff too, if I call it a knockoff of Nosferatu, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Count Orlock, which is essentially Dracula, but it's also his own character. I feel like he's, it's separated enough that it's become its own lore. Yeah. So love Dracula. No, I, I mean, I, I'm glad that you chose that as your number one. I think that's a, that's a fun, a fun way to round out the list. And yeah, we'll do, 
we'll do like a Dracula centered episode for sure. We have to. We we will. We will definitely do it. Do you have any more honor? I have a few more honorable mentions. I do. I have some. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, going off of since we're on the Dracula gothic horror uh, vibe, I haven't read this book yet. It's next on my list. Literally, once I finish rereading Graveyard Book, it is the next book I'm going to read. Apparently, I'm I'm not getting back to Helter Skelter yet. (laughs) um, We're depending on you, though. But I just, I didn't know anything about this until once again on our Instagram, someone mentioned this vampire as their favorite vampire, who is a character from a gothic novel that uh, I, I guess came out before Dracula. And this is the character of Carmilla, who oh, yeah. is, uh, the, is a vampire character in, in a novel by J. Sheridan Le Fanu, published in 1872. And it really, it looks awesome. I'm really excited about it. It is considered the first example of a lesbian vampire. Like there's lots Mm. of sapphic undertones in the whole story because like, from what I understand, the story is about Carmilla, this vampire. And similar to Dracula, um, there's a, a plague going on in the town and it's actually a vampire yeah that's often attributed to vampirism that it fo- a plague is usually happening or pestilence is happening around the same yes. time yes some and yes exactly and it's that same thing except it's only happening to young women so mm. obviously as we talked about vampires have a there's a, a sexual nature to it all queer lady vampire from the 1800s and i'm really excited to learn more i saw a couple people say that that was their favorite vampire in our instagram um and i admittedly yeah. have never read it um i'm excited to look into it and i i did a brief look into it and i saw there was a 19 19- 20s silent film vampire that is very loosely based on that too so i'm excited i'm excited carmilla yeah i'm excited too and also the beauty of really old books is you can get them for free very easily so i will be reading that very soon i kind of feel like i manifested this because i've just been like thinking like i really want a new gothic novel to read and i've read a lot of the classics you mm-hmm. know like the big ones but i'm like i know there's so many more like what would be an, a good new gothic novel for me have to read? have you heard of uh dracula uh, yeah yeah i've i've read dracula that's great <laughs> i have read it i have it i have read it um but yeah and then this appeared and i was like perfect that is next so have her on my honorable mentions. As I mentioned, Claudia for from Interview with a Vampire. Also, you know, Lestat and Louis are great too. Like, I, I got guess. love for all those, I guess. <laughs> no, they're great. I'm being facetious. <laughs> you, okay, I was like, do you not like Interview no, with a Vampire? No, I don't know how you not like it. I, I'm being <laughs> totally facetious. The only thing, I mean, I will admit, I have just weird things with Tom Cruise in general. Like, He's uh, Tom Cruise, that guy. Um, but he's good in that. He's a good Lestat, you know? He, you no, know, he does a nice job, and I won't take that away from him. But I also feel compelled to always remind everyone that he is an abusive Scientologist. <laughs> There's always an asterisk with him. Um, yeah, always, 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 always. I also yeah. have a weird thing. I think about this a lot, probably more than I should. I don't understand. Don't get me wrong. I would never say Tom Cruise is like an unattractive person, but like I don't get for the life of me. I do not understand how he was like the sexiest man in the 90s. I don't I mean, get it. I don't I, know. I kind of get it. I don't. Like, I don't. Like, business? I don't know. N- n- nothing. Nothing. Cocktail? <laughs> <laughs> nothing no, like, like he's shaker, fine you know once, I, once again i wouldn't be like you gross but like like brad pitt i get i get the i get why everyone was like kind of crazy about brad pitt but like i don't understand the fanfare the 90s fanfare surrounding tom cruise as like the epitome of attractive male i don't i don't get it was he at the epitome i don't know maybe i just missed it for a, was, for a minute yes i was like, like five in 1995 so i'm yeah, that's, right over I, my head <laughs> i guess i mean i was what two years older than you so i i maybe was a little bit more aware of it but he was big he was he was 
He was loved by the ma- by the mature women in the nineties. <laughs> he was loved. He was loved. I don't know. I don't know if uh, if anyone has any insight into why that was a thing. Email us at Happy Harvest Show. <laughs> or if you want to jump on the bandwagon of Cruise, welcome that too. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, totally. I, I I would love to hear a passionate argument uh, about uh, why why Tom Cruise is sexy. I'd and it has to be passionate. It has to be passionate. So yeah, there are my honorable mentions. I mentioned Jerry Dandridge was on. And then one final one that this is just a fun one I had to add. Uh, Are you familiar with the children's computer animated television series Vampirina? No, no, I'm not. (laughs) Tell me all about it. Aired in uh, maybe 2017, somewhere in there, 2016, 2017, until I think I think it might have just gotten canceled. But I'm familiar with it because I lived with my niece and nephew last year. So, <laughs> so there were there were times uh, when I would I would hang out and uh, and we'd watch Vampirina, and it's just a really cute little animated Disney series based on the Vampirina ballerina books. <laughs> Amazing. It's for small children, but I, I also just adored it because it's very much for small children, and yet it's spooky, and I love that because if I ever have kids, I want them to be spooky. So it's just, it's cute. Even if you look at the... Uh, the logo like it's like kind of spooky lettering and there's like little bats in the logo and and it's about a, a young girl who is also a vampire but she also goes through general young girl you know issues and problems and the the concept is she moves she's like the new kid in town because she her and her family move from Transylvania to Pennsylvania <laughs> <laughs> and it's just cute and fun so if you have kids and you want them to be spooky you know maybe check it out and you do you do want them to be spooky (laughs) yeah she's let me see she's eight years old yeah so eight eight year old little vampire girl let's just take the archetype of vampire and um turn it into something palatable for young ones and i i support it I think it's hell nice. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. So I have a few honor- honorable mentions as well that are not very palatable for young audiences. <laughs> uh, one, I got to throw out a, uh, well, duh, I have to, I have to bring up the Lost Boys. I still haven't seen it. Well, I, was I don't know. You say it, you, you have a hard time with too much 80s. This like throws 80s up in your face. Like That's <laughs> why I, I was going to watch it last night. I literally was going to watch it last night and I, I watched Fright Night. You made a good choice. Fright Night is great. Yeah, I, and I enjoyed it. And afterwards, I was going to watch The Lost Boys. And I watched the trailer for The Lost Boys. And I shit <laughs> you not. I was like, I can't. I can't do any more 80s right now. I can't. <laughs> the Lost Boys is great. You got Kiefer Sutherland as the lead of this like biker gang uh, of Lost Boys. And this is they're on the, the boardwalk in Santa Carla in the 80s. And they got the, the bleach white <laughs> curly hair with the earrings and their leather jackets. And they're like, really cool. They only come out at night because, spoiler, they're vampires. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why would they only come out at night, Brian? <laughs> vampires. And the soundtrack, it's, it's, I didn't know this until rewatching it. I never put this together, but it's directed by Joel Schumacher, which explains quite a bit of uh, Batman and Robin and Batman Forever fame. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're looking for melodrama, look no further than The Lost Boys. Um, <laughs> big fan. Love it. So um, we got that. Um, if you, there's a movie that came out a few years ago called Only Lovers Left Alive. Do you remember this movie? No. It's got Tilda Swinton and Tom Hiddleston as married vampires oh, that Tom have been. Hiddleston. Uh, yeah, they've been married forever. I mean, kind of literally, they're vampires. Um, <laughs> and it's really kind of like this reflection on how or where or. Um, why they exist in the 21st century. Tom Hiddleston is like a suicidal vampire that is just so bored. He's just lived forever. And so he spends all his days and nights in this boarded up house in Detroit, listening to records and collecting antique instruments. And it's, 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 it's just like a kind of a slow burn, tender little, it's not your typical vampire story. It looks at it more from like a really introspective lens of, man, what would it be like to live forever? It'd be like actually pretty boring, you know? Oh, yeah. And, uh, 100%. And I think that movie really 
bang, knocks it out. And you get Tilda Swinton and Tom Middleton acting back to back. And that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that you just kind of really pointed to something that I want to discuss further, maybe in a future vampire episode. But one of the the primary sources of, I guess, like tension and conflict in the vampire story, right, is the idea of like, what's worse, immortal life or dying too soon? And that's what you see play out in so many of these vampire stories is, you know, like interview with a vampire is an example. Twilight's an example. You know, you have these moments of someone is uh, typically a younger person is about to die and you can either turn them or let them die. And it's this really intense moment of decision Mm -hmm. on on the part of the vampire a very final decision one way or the other exactly exactly yeah so i love that i love that movie they have a few more not so much for any characters or the story but i just love the vampires in 30 days of night you you know that there was a josh harnett movie adaptation of this comic that Mm -hmm. happened uh, years ago josh Josh remember him uh but the whole premise is there's this town in alaska that goes through every year 30 days of night where the sun doesn't come up um and it is prime feeding ground for vampires right for vampires right for the picking and the vampires in that are like blood like just jet black eyes and just a rose of sharp teeth and so i was like if i had to bring up different vampires that is a different vampire that we see normally Mm -hmm. big fan there's also a movie oh my gosh i'm so excited i can finally talk about this movie (laughs) this movie uh shutter and i think it's on amazon too called bliss it is about this artist that is struggling from artist block and goes to her drug dealer and gets this like perfect blend of uh like dmt slash cocaine this is like actually this drug that she uses to try to like get get through it (laughs) to break through but she's taking this drug and she has these blackouts that when she comes back there's this amazing painting that she's working on that gets a little bit more but she's like addicted Mm -hmm. to this drug and she keeps going back in and at some point in this while she's under this influence she gets fed on by a vampire and so she thinks that it's the drug that she needs to keep giving into uh, but under the drug she like feeds at night and it's it's just like really like punk rock like super saturated color film um called bliss Uh, yeah that sounds amazing i want to check it out that for sure So definitely check out Bliss. And this one, this will be my last one. And it's not, and I saved this for last because this isn't technically a vampire, but I think it's close in the, it's like a, um, like a spiritual successor to a vampire. And that is the character Rose the Hat from Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep is the sequel to The Shining and Rose the Hat leads a group of, I guess you would call them kind of energy vampires where they like in the shining, the, the young boy, Danny has a shine, this like power that he has, right? Well, Rose, the hat leads this troop that feeds on that shine. So they hunt down kids or people that they give off this strong oh. presence, the shine, and they suck it out of them. So oh. in that way, they're like this soul kind of vampire. And I think the character is so good. If you haven't seen the movie, I love it. That's I love like, this movie. Oh, what are they from Harry Potter? The Dementors? Yeah. Very close. Yes. Very much like that. And like, again, so these, she's not a vampire, but I feel like there's, there's a, um, a crossover uh, of the feeding and that it just came to my head. And I just want any, uh, whenever I have a chance to bring up Rose the Hat and Dr. Sleep, I'm going to bring, I'm going to do it. So <laughs> I'm going to do it forever. <laughs> it's too late. I've already done it. <laughs> Go go see Doctor Sleep. It's so good. <laughs> I I need to. I'm a. I mean, I'm a big fan of The Shining. So I definitely I think you love it. I think you love it. Oh, The Shining, so good. Can we do an episode on The Shining? Fuck, I love that movie. Duh. So good. And then we'll do three episodes on Doctor Sleep. <laughs> it's just you just talking for three. Welcome <laughs> to the Doctor Sleep podcast, you, you boy Brian. <laughs> We're all will do from I'm, the end I'm of your, I'm your coming of age boy, Brian. <laughs> coming of age boy, Brian. <laughs> you probably know me well from every movie ever fucking made. <laughs> oh, <it's> so good. <laughs> so that's, uh, yeah, those are our favorite vamps. Yes. Oh, this was fun. What a fun episode. And our longest episode. Look at that. Yeah, look at that. We we kind of we, we went on for a while. I also I'm sad I forgot to mention um, we're, we're having kind of a late night recording this evening and I'm sipping red wine, which I feel like is 
such a perfect drink of choice for talking about vampires, you know, mm-hmm. like red wine and vampires. Like name name a, a better duo, honestly. I can't. I'm drinking apple cider, so uh, it's. Yeah. I mean, maybe vampires in actual blood would probably be a better duo, <laughs> or just blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This was really fun. I think I'm gonna compile a list of the movies we talked about here into a like vampire movie marathon list and post it on our instagram hell yeah and if there's any vamps that we missed uh shout out i want to hear i want to hear uh and why you love them hit us up with your favorite vampires oh actually you know what just to give love to those who already follow us on instagram because we appreciate you i'll just do a quick run through of some of our listeners favorite vampires really quick Mm -hmm. we had a few votes for lestat of course Mm -hmm. eric northman from uh true blood i believe oh yeah yeah okay um which i did watch back in the day when it first came out i haven't watched it i didn't finish the whole show so i think i've only seen a couple of seasons but yeah definitely some true blood stuff and then i haven't read this yet but it is on my radar and i'd like to matthew from the book discovery of witches I watched the whole season. There's a show. I heard the book is a lot better. I think they specified, right, that it's from the book, right? Not the Yeah, show. yeah, yeah. But I still, the actor that played him in the show is good. There's nothing wrong with him. Ain't nothing wrong with him. Good looking guy. Oh, this is a fun one. Blade. Oh, that's cool. Who is a vampire slash vampire hunter. So, like, that's a it. great. Love to see it. I mean, I don't know with COVID how much that got pushed back, but Mahershala Ali is the new Blade in the Marvel Universe. Mm. That's going to be... I mean, hopefully coming out. We'll see now that everything's been pushed back, but hopefully soon. Yeah, that was a good one uh, for sure. Um, Lestat and Carmilla, as we mentioned. Hold on. I think we have a couple more. I just got to find them. Oh, we had another Marceline the Vampire Queen. No way. Nice. The girl from Let the Right One In. Hey, I have I have fans. I do. <laughs> They're fans of yours. I did all the work. <laughs> um, and then we have Chris Sarandon and Fright Night. And Catherine De... De... I don't know how to pronounce it. Deneuve in The Hunger. I haven't seen that one. Oh, yeah. I've heard... I haven't seen The Hunger. Um, that's on my list. So I'm excited to circle back on that one. Yeah. So that was... Those are some of the responses from... Oh, we also had a... We also had a vote for Louie from... Interview with a vampire and then Morbius. I don't know what he's from. Do you know what Morbius, Morbius the is? vampire? He's in, he's a Spider Man, uh, I guess, villain. Jared Leto's playing him in a new Ooh. movie coming out soon. But yeah, Morbius is cool. If we're bringing comics in, I, Dracula, or not Dracula, <laughs> um, you ever heard of Dracula? No, Batman at one point was the vampire. <laughs> Have you ever heard of Dracula? We're <laughs> yeah. talking about books and Dracula and <laughs> vampires. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Batman at one point, there was a fun Elseworlds uh, version where I'm just going to get so nerdy here, but he fought Dracula and then became a vampire and then didn't really change his, you know, the working hours. He was always still in the night. Um, and anyway, Red Death. There was a series. Check it out. Batman. <laughs> Fucking love it. Batman. <laughs> um, yeah. So thanks. I mean, thanks to the, the IG followers for uh, joining us on our favorite vampires. This was super fun. I really enjoyed doing this and we'll probably do more stuff like this. Yeah, I I liked it. I liked it a lot. Same, same. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll check you spooky cats next time. Yeah. Um, hit us up at happyharvesthorrorshow at gmail.com uh, on Instagram at happyharvesthorrorshow. Oh, also just one little thing that you have to ask about in the podcast universe. If you like this show, if you're enjoying it and you have a couple of minutes on your hands, please consider writing us an Apple podcast review. It is just, it's how, it's how you get recognized by the algorithm. It's how mm-hmm. it works. And they really, they really do matter. So those algorithms. If you are enjoying it, uh, we'd really, really appreciate that. Also, sharing us is always amazing. Like sharing the podcast with other people that you think might be interested is very much appreciated. And yeah, thanks for listening to us talk about our favorite vampires. Bye. Bye.